In fact, we've worked in the past also with housing counselor entities on helping them. But I think the, the key thing to note in all of this in affordable housing um, and wealth equity is, is that it got harder. So when the rates went up and inflation went up and the cost of homes went up, Again, it's like a a perfect storm almost. Welcome to Actualizing Success. In this podcast series, our in-house advisors discuss today's finance and technology topics with an emphasis on solutions that embrace tomorrow. Hi, everybody. My name is Carrie Weckelow, and I'm the Chief Operating Officer of Actualize Consulting. And today I have with us one of our partners, Matt Sue. He runs our mortgage and fixed income practice, and we are going to talk about how has the economy and rate environment impacted the mortgage industry. Thanks for joining us, Matt. Oh, thanks, Carrie. Um, it's good to be here. Um, certainly an interesting environment out there. I I think that caught some people by surprise, but it's it's something that we're going to have to watch, and hopefully we can have some fun talking about it today. I'm looking forward to it. So, Matt, mortgage rates have gone up 4% in over a year. What do you think about that? Well, again, I think it, it, it caught some people by surprise, but, you know, I've, I've been around for a long time. And and prior to the default crisis, we actually saw interest rates move up and down periodically based on the economy and the business cycle. And and so for me, it's it's getting back to a more normal business environment. But I do think that there are quite a few implications with that. And so, again, I mean, if we go way back when I was first entering the workforce and getting through school, rates were as high as 18 percent. I think my first home mortgage was at 10 percent. But again, it, it has been so flat and so suppressed due to the Fed activity that a lot of people have just expected that these low rates would remain. I think the real key, though, is that we've had some things that have come together almost in a perfect storm. And so when you when you look at the rate increases, you also have to combine it with uh, things like we we have very few housing starts or at least no increase um, to speak of. There's not a lot of supply, although that is loosening up a little bit. But when you look at that in relation to inflation and affordability of, you know, making a mortgage payment, it's going to be tough. I think that for folks that are lucky enough to have have locked into a rate that's lower than four, some lower than three, that's a huge advantage on a go forward basis. But for folks that are trying to refinance or get into a new home or what have you, it's going to be really tough. Yeah, for sure. Especially if you're a new new home owner, buyer. Now, how does that impact technology companies like ICE and Black Knight? Oh, good question. Um, you know, I think that when you look at the origination technology space, so in that, let's, you know, we're going to consider loan origination system, point of sale systems, um, those types. They've all evolved, or for the most part, the the big ones have all evolved to a per-loan model. So in other words, when they sign contracts with customers, the fee structure is based on number of loans that are originated. And 
And with that said, you know, that, that model had been very good for the industry. And quite frankly, it helps the lenders because they only pay for the loans that they originate. The, the trick is, is that when you take 2021, which was in some ways a high watermark for loan originations, and then you whipsaw it back to where we are now, um, which is a significant decrease, more than more than half. Um, you're you're looking at a revenue stream that's that's very different. And so, on the origination tech side, I think there's going to be enormous headwinds for a long time, and and I think that that you're going to see some companies really struggle to make it and stay afloat. I think in terms of the bigger folks, they'll probably look at opportunities to, to buy uh, smaller entities and and improve their market share that way. But even the larger ones are, are going to take it on the chin to some degree. And and so, you know, that's that's the origination side. In terms of servicing, and again, the bigger players in this space are Black Knight um, and Sagent. You're going to have a couple of different parameters to keep an eye on. So number one, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, a lot of folks do have mortgages at fairly low rates. And so given that combined with rates where they are now, it's, it's tricky to understand why somebody would want to refinance, for example. And so from a servicing view, they're really going to have a steady um, stream of loans that probably don't pay off as much as they had been as rates were were declining and were at historic lows. And so that's the good news. Um, the the other part, which, you know, again, I, I pay attention, but I'm not um, an expert in this space as much as how many loans are going to go into default. And so for servicing, all the money is made when the times are good and loans pay every month and and such. But the minute that the borrowers become delinquent, the cost of servicing the loan increases and your risk of loss increases for the servicer. And so companies like Black Knight are going to have a fairly easy road in terms of not a lot of churn with the portfolio, but in terms of uh, the default space, they they could they could see some things change there, and from their side, there are some entities that have tools that that could compete with them in the market that do better on some of the default pieces. So servicing is a little tricky, but you know, in general, to be a tech provider right now is is not the best. Um, we've seen a lot of the lenders on the origination side um, either have one of two behaviors. One is, is we have to just hunker down and, and weather the storm, but others are really looking towards modernization and transforming their business. And, you know, the ones that, that have cash and, and have not taken it all out of the business have an opportunity to now to really advance their capabilities while the rest of the market struggles a little bit. So again, I think, you know, mostly tough roads on the tech vendor side, on the the origination side in general, it's going to be hard. And is that something that Actualize could help out with, with some of these companies to help? Yeah, absolutely. And and, yeah, and some of the examples are from our customers that we have, but yeah, we offer uh, a business transformation 
offering uh, that involves technology too, but it's really all about, you know, how do we go in and look at, say, a mortgage company's operations and technology that they use? What could they do to refresh that? How could they use technology to automate their processes? How can they better leverage things that we offer in our enterprise data um, and enterprise information practice to be able to have better data and less reconciliation? So absolutely, we can help on that and have been, and, and quite frankly, great opportunity to call Actualize and talk about those types of uh, things that we offer. Excellent. Let's shift gears a little bit. I hear a lot about affordable housing and wealth equity. Where are we with that? Let's go back a year um, or even a little bit longer. And there's been a big push from the Biden administration and and the you know the left leaning part of the government to really try to do something here. What wealth equity is all about is trying to bridge the gap between um, African-American and other minority wealth versus whites. And so the largest, in many cases, source of, of wealth and equity is in a home. And so a lot of push to try to figure out how to make home ownership a reality for these underserved or disadvantaged borrower classes. And again, I think that the, the key thing here is that, you know, these are not things that have been just new, but I think amplified with the administration. And we as actualized have been heavily involved in, in this for years and years, decades almost, in terms of helping um, some of our larger clients come up with affordable products, and affordable programs. In fact, we've worked in the past also with housing counselor entities on helping them. But I think the, the key thing to note in all of this in affordable housing um, and wealth equity is, is that it got harder. So when the rates went up and inflation went up and the cost of homes went up, again, it's like a, a perfect storm almost where you, you, you took a class of borrowers who may have had the opportunity a year, a year and a half ago due to low rates and, and such to be able to get into a home. That was stratified very differently now. So, you know, the cost of a mortgage on a monthly basis goes up with the rate and cost of homes has not come down the inflation piece has almost created a triple whammy on it. But even more magnified is that now it costs a lot more money to buy food and such. And so and so I think as much as the program's intent are really in the right spot, I just think it's going to be tricky to um, see how much of an impact can be made given, given the changes in the affordability equation um, itself. And so that said, we'll see. Um, I think the other thing that, that we're seeing and what we've worked on um, is the ESG space, and, and specifically in this part of the context, the, the social loan and social bonds. We've been um, working very, very directly with the industry through MISMO, where um, I'm one of the co-chairs of the ESG community of practice, and Another gentleman on, on the team, John Pomeransky, is the facilitator of that group. We've, we've seen good progress in collaboration across the industry 
to define what would be the standards or the frameworks for how to define social loans and social bonds. And um, so there's progress there. I think if you can have more of the investor side be interested in investing in those, the liquidity and the demand will help um, will help drive some of these programs also. And um, some of the government programs with down payment assistance could could accelerate home ownership there and provide a little bit of a, a breather for folks that maybe got hit with the high rates and, and costs. But that said, you know, we've we've been we've been very oriented towards that. Fannie and Freddie just published a framework in collaboration about social bonds. I know that other entities in the government are looking at it, including VA and and HUD. And so, you know, really interesting stuff. And and again, if people are interested at all in talking about ESG with with us and our team. Um, or being involved in MISMO and the community of practice. It's something that you can easily get to. We'd be happy to talk about it. Yeah, no, we are definitely have the majority of the people in the industry right at Actualize, which is great. Now, Matt, if you had a crystal ball, what would you tell us about the next year or two? I know you like to uh, put that hat on many times. Yeah, I like like to prognosticate, I guess. Um, <laughs> The thing about it is, is, you know, just like a weatherman, I mean, you can you can forecast things and get it wrong and, and nobody has high expectations. But, um, I, you know, honestly, I think we're in for a fairly prolonged cycle just from the rate environment. First of all, I don't see that rates are going to stabilize um, anytime soon. The Fed's clearly been open about leveraging rate increases to um, to slow down inflation. And, and where I think they probably were a little bit too cautious about keeping rates down, I think they've, they've really done a pretty good job in terms of indicating to the market what they're going to do. But, um, but that's, you know, let's just say that they continue up a point or point and a half uh, mortgage rates, assuming that, that they correspond fairly uh, linearly will, will continue to move up. And so even, even if you see some, some flattening or recession of rates in a couple of years, I just don't see us um, in a big declining rate environment. There's just too many things in play with that that would make you believe that we're probably going to be seeing mortgages at 8% versus five, um, just as an example. And I think that, you know, that the elections in the midterms, really hard to tell. But again, I go back to the underlying uh, headwinds in relation to affordable. But if you had, you know, a big win by the Republicans, I think some of the Democrats' programs and policies may be even more difficult. Um, who knows? We'll find out in a couple of weeks. Um, but I think as we lead into the next presidential election, it's just going to be a very interesting. Uh, landscape to look at. There's there's just not a ton of good news. And so we'll see. I mean, I, I wish I had a better answer for you, Carrie, but it's, <laughs> you know, it's it's just one of those things. The, the one thing I will say, though, and again, I alluded to it earlier in the conversation is, is that I have been around for a while. I'm getting older and and I have seen a lot of things going back, you know, even to the Carter administration and things change. I mean, there are just business cycles that occur, 
taxes have been been up and then down. We've had inflation. We've had recessions. We've had dot com busts. We've had uh, you know the the disaster around. 9-11, we've had uh, the meltdown in the mortgage housing industry, and we've seen a lot of good times in the last 10 years. And so the thing to remember is, is that there are, are ups and downs in this business and that that things do change. And so my I guess my big takeaway on all of this is that the industry will will be resilient. There will be fallout. There will be consolidation, both on the lender side as well as the tech vendor side, and um, and I think that you know that's just inevitable. the The thing that I would I would suggest is that for companies that that are out there is really take take heart in some of the things um, that I talked about, and and again for folks that are listening and are interested in talking to us more about any of these topics or how we can help you um, navigate through some of these tough waters. That's really, really something that we would love to do. Yeah. Well, thanks, Matt. It's always a pleasure to hear your wisdom in the mortgage industry and space and appreciate your time. And um, we look forward to the next podcast. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of Actualizing Success. Make sure to visit us online at www.actualizeconsulting.com where you can explore our service offerings. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or your preferred platform. If you've enjoyed what we talked about today, please consider leaving a review and following us on LinkedIn. If you have any questions or would like to share your opinions with us, please send us a note at podcast at actualizeconsulting.com. We look forward to hearing from you.